Kate has arrived harassed and annoyed with London public transport. Guess how many tubes I had to wait to get on today at St Paul's. Mm, three? Six. And I realised that, okay, stick with me here. Did you ever play sardines? We had to try and all fit into one thing. At the... Yeah. For those of us that haven't heard of sardines before, oh my God. <laughs> it's when you hide, you're playing hide and seek, and when you find them, you get in too. And it's that moment when you become like part of the team is when you finally get onto the tube. Yeah. And then it's like you against the world, and you're like, no, fuck off, fuck off. And then they get in, and you're like, okay, fine. And it's just that moment of acceptance that you get when you play sardines, and suddenly you're part of the team, and it's really lovely. <laughs> wow, you have a much more positive outlook on busy tube waiting times than I do. Mm. No one was even getting off. That was a Thing. It was just, well, who wants to go to St Paul's unless they're going to work? I know. Stupid, stupid. <laughs> well, Kate, you uh, should have run. Should have got fit. was going to do some exercise today. Um, I was going to do yoga. Instead, I just sat on the sofa in my active wear and ate cheese. That's kind of yoga. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, I'm way more unfit than you, so. Really? Oh, my God. And I'm a drummer, so I look a bit fitter than I am. Mm. Your arms are fit. Yeah. I'm used to like eight hour rehearsals of mm. drumming and I can do all of that. And then I'll have to run for a bus. Yeah. And I am done. <laughs> 10 feet. Absolutely done. But do you know who wouldn't be uh, exhausted if they had to run for a bus? Our guest. Me. Who are you, guest? <laughs> Hi, I'm Joel DeFontaine. And what I. Name? I know it's like a drag queen name, but it's not really, it's just me. <laughs> yeah, so I'm Joel DeFontaine, and I am a dancer and a choreographer and a PT and a mover and a shaker. What's a PT? Personal trainer. Personal trainer. Oh, sorry, I'm so sorry. No. So, no, yeah, that's what. I'm doing and I have a company called At Your Beat and we are a dance fitness company. I mean, I'm not biased. We are actually the best. It's not me that said that. <laughs> We've only been going for like two and a half years now, but we're growing really, really fast and really quickly because we're in the middle of something that has been spreading across fitness. And tell us what that is. <laughs> that is like diversifying fitness. Mm-hmm. And do you wonder why, gentle listeners, he might be on a podcast called Diversify? <laughs> Literally in what the fitness company does. What does diversifying fitness mean to you? Well, it's quite funny because I did a talk about a month ago for some other fitness professionals that I know and they are called like Food and Lycra and they did a, an event a whole day of just stuff for people and then had a talk about diversifying fitness as well because for me I didn't really think about diversifying fitness when I was diversifying fitness I was like why would I want to have a class only full of just black guys only full of just women this price only this area only this type of fitness only it's just boring it's like ugh, I don't even want to look in that class here because it's like that you don't see what you see when you walk around the street. You don't see what you see in class when you walk around the street. The people who would be going to certain classes where I worked before would live in Peckham or whatever, which is very different now than what it was when I was growing up. But then they would only go to classes in, say, third space or whatever. And you're like, but then why do you live there? 
Like, you want to live there and be about it, but you don't actually want to train with the people. You just want to be separate. That's just not normal. So for me, I was making sure that the price was acceptable for everyone, not just so high that only the people with more money would come. So the class was just full of really high incomes and high expectations. In the other one, you've got people who are super excited to be in something that they may not have been able to get into before. So that made a difference then. Also the types of fitness, by making just spinning, crossfit and yoga, it means that you don't have a space for people who wanna do something else. Like I don't wanna do any of those things. So I wanted to make sure that all of our classes had different things in them. So then people felt like, uh, I can't dance, but I like music and movement. I don't have to go to a dance class. I can go to this type of class instead. All the instructors being different, making sure that no image has just one type of people on there. If I went to a class and it was just all guys with blonde hair, I feel alienated. If a guy, the guy with blonde hair went to a class with all guys with black hair and tattoos, he's gonna feel like, oh, maybe I don't belong here. So it's not nice for anyone either way. So I always think inclusion creates diversity. So by including everyone, it becomes diverse anyway. So you and diversity creates inclusion. Yeah, exactly. It's just all together. So it's like diversity, inclusion, and it just goes round and round and round and round. No one ever feels like they're not wanted or they're not, they can't go somewhere. It makes things a lot better. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. I think when you say, like, diversity, a lot of people yeah. roll their eyes and go, oh, that's mm. another thing I've got to think about. That's another chore for me. Mm. And they're not really thinking about how joyful it is yeah, yeah, yeah. and how great it is and how much richer mm. your experience of life is mm. and how much better everybody feels. It's the same with, like, being really rich. Yeah. Well, actually... I'm going to go back to this book I keep referencing, The Spirit Level. If you reduce the gap between the rich and the poor, everyone's happier mm. and rich people live longer, mm. even though they're less rich. And if we reduce the gap between gender and race mm. and sexuality, then everybody has a better time yeah. because we're like, I'm not just going to this place and talking to nine versions of me. Yeah, 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 exactly. Also, the way that people sometimes try and combat this problem is mm. by going, okay, well, we don't feel welcome here. Let's start our own group. Yeah. And then that's the sort of divide. Yeah, exactly. I think it's really vital that, for example, gay people are still persecuted. Mm. We have a space where we can go and talk openly about mm. what it means to be gay and particularly people who maybe are the most vulnerable parts of mm. the community can go and feel safe. But I completely agree that in general, what we need to do is have places where... They don't need to do that. They don't need yeah. to do that. It, yeah, it's necessary until yeah. we can find... Until you can find the balance. I think that is all, like, I worked for a company that wasn't being diverse at all. They were appropriating everything under the sun and using all white people to represent that side. And I was like, you can't do that. You've got me working there. You've got another black girl working there but you, you're gonna get this guy who's not got no Caribbean culture whatsoever to teach other people how to dance to dancehall music. Oh and God. it would be called Bashment Babes or something like that, yeah. And every so often there would be like a few people of color that would come and I would be sitting there thinking, how would I feel if I was that woman from Jamaica and I come to this class and there's this white woman teaching bashment music standing in the sun. I don't even know what bashment music is. Like, <laughs> bashment is actually a party. It's not music. It's dancehall and bashment is the party. But that's how much they didn't know. Oh By my god. It... Me and Holly just shrunk to the sun. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so funny. So and I used to be. And I, that's when I had to go away and create 
at your beat because I just got to a point where I was like you're not listening and it's frustrating when you or you're working for a company and you tell them the problems you can see and that and they just don't listen oh. it's like complete ignorance they're trying to create clones of themselves anyway they don't care about creating diversity this woman was a megalomaniac she just wanted to see more people like her in the space and then all of the members there started leaving because they were like this is just not normal the blinkers have been taken off and they can see all the other colours of the rainbow and yeah. now they're like what am I doing here now I can see pink and purple and green and blue and black and whatever. <gasps> Bye. And they just went. You just can't do stuff like that. I just think people need to, especially companies. And so when I worked for that company, I was like, right, I'm leaving. Had to go and make another space where I was like, right, now I can make the space where everybody else is invited as well. So it wasn't like, um, it's going to be a space for just people of colour or just a space for LGBT community. It was a space for everyone to come. And if you didn't like it, and if you didn't want to be a baddie, I don't want you here. You can go back over there. You've got seven million spaces for you to go and cross your arms and be pissed off about, I don't like this song. But here, we're not doing that because we're only actually here for the energy of each other. We're not just here for the song to dance to Beyonce and <laughs> swing our hair and stuff like that. Creating a space is important, but still keeping it open. So being like, this space is for us, you're welcome, but it is designed to keep us safe as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You've created an actual third space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and an actual community. Yeah. There's something else in that as well. I remember I used to do yoga in this class down the road from my house. Mm. And the yoga instructor used to have a go at us. But like looking at everyone else mm. and comparing ourselves. I'd be like, everybody is white and blonde. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's slightly skinnier than me <laughs> and more bendy. It's a terrible environment mm. to be in. Yeah. That's what I think is important if you're trying to diversify fitness. Just saying that you're going to do it isn't enough. It has to follow through into whatever you're doing in the community. So if you say, now we have an Asian Pilates teacher or whatever, that's not really diversifying fitness. It's like, what is going on after that? What is your branding saying? What is your marketing saying? Who are you targeting? I did something really bad, not bad, but I, there was, it's called Soul Cycle, yeah? They posted a video of cycling which is my most hated thing in the world. I think <laughs> riding a bike that goes nowhere, I just don't get it. Like, it's not going anywhere. Me too, what's the point? It's just, uh, it just doesn't go anywhere. You're all there riding a bike. Everyone's looking at the person on the bike in front of you, screaming at you, saying, keep going and bouncing up and down. It's just not fun. It's not going anywhere. You could cycle to work. Yeah, it's much more fun to see the sights. And then I look in there and I'm like, everyone's like, oh, that's a great ride. But you went nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Like... So true. This is extra funny because a good friend of mine is a spin instructor. <laughs> but no, I know what you mean. We go to a gym mm. to do a bunch of stuff that we, we could just do on the way to the gym. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I just think activities can be fun. So, um, I mean, obviously we can empathise to a certain point, but what does it feel like to realise you're a minority in the room? You can yeah. answer this too, Holly. Yeah, I think for me, when I'm in a room and it's obvious i feel sorry for everybody else because i i'm not a um woe is me type of person i'm more of like oh is this your life is this what you just want all the time for yourself so i always feel sorry for people like you have no idea what you're missing out on all the sparkle and shine that comes with diversity and you've sat in this room which you've probably sat in this room many times before just talking to greg and phil and pete <laughs> constantly yeah forever and then you've got jamal over here he's got stories for you that it would Blow your mind, but you don't want to talk to him. So I always want to disrupt that thing in a way where they think, wow, that's cool. Not annoy them and be horrible to them, but just get involved. I'm very hands-on here and want to be like, why don't you have any friends that are a different colour? And then they're like, 
<laughs> what? And I'm like, you said you want to do diversity, but then I looked on your Instagram and you have no people that have anything to do with diversity on your Instagram. Then they go, they go, yeah, yeah, that's true, actually. Any answers? They won't have any. So I'm that type of person that likes to... I don't like it because I think nowadays it shouldn't be like that. So I feel like, ugh, it's just irritating. But I can't let myself get irritated because then I'm going to be the angry black boy. I always have to think about how I'm going to do something because otherwise I'll be the angry black boy. So I was just be like, okay, how do I maneuver this and be jokey and be jovial and which again is annoying because you have to do these things for it's the hard, pleasure right? of yeah. It's and like it makes you the angry black. It boy. makes you the angry black boy anyway. Even while I'm smiling in your face, I'm still inside. I'm like I'm the angry black boy. I want to get you because I have to do all of this to make you feel better about the fact that you don't have any diversity in your life. Wouldn't it be great if we could all get to a point mm. where we feel uncomfortable that the room isn't diverse, no matter yeah. who we are? Yeah. I was in the theatre the other day. A friend asked me to go. It was a play that had been written in the 70s about two middle-class people and their problems. All the cast was white, one person of colour in the room, and I felt uncomfortable. That's so weird. And we were both looking at each other like, why is this happening? It's so bizarre. It should feel uncomfortable. I saw they did a talk thing and it was Elena Pompey, I think her name is, from Grey's Anatomy, and Gabrielle Union, Emma Roberts, and who was the other woman from Jane the Virgin or something like this? Oh, uh, the lead in that. Yeah. yeah. They got them in to do a talk about life and stuff, and they did not expect her to turn around and say, I just want to say something. I noticed in this room, there's only one person of colour in this room. Like, he wasn't the he isn't, he isn't the actors. Everyone else is white. And the Gabrielle Union was like, oh my God, you're actually doing the talk so then I don't have to. And that's where, if it's uncomfortable for someone who's white, if they go into a place and they see only white people, babes, you have to talk to your friends because they're not going to listen to me. Even something little as that is enough to spark an idea in their head thinking, but why don't I feel uncomfortable there's only white people? Or, yeah, I do actually. Or do I have any non-white friends? Yeah, yeah. I don't have any non-white friends. friends. Oh my God, I am the worst. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they think, they just don't, my, they just don't know any people. Like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, if you live in London, you can't not meet us. We're everywhere. We come out of the walls and everything. You know, I judge people that don't get to know their postman at least a little bit. <laughs> it's quite hard in my building because <laughs> our post boxes are all in the lobby. Yeah, so you're all down there trying but to meet I him. I fully agree. But you, you have gotten to know your concierge. I've got to say, I'm like you, Kate. I'll be like, why are there any white people on stage? Not every time, but a lot of times I've been to see something, you know, where diversity seemed like a secondary yeah. thing. I've always just been bored mm. and felt like it was really mediocre or yeah. tokenistic and I think we have to call that out and then from the other side of that is I'm normally the minority in the room partly because I'm gay but not all the time mm. but um being a woman mm. being a woman who drums I'm usually the only woman in my band mm. and the guys that I'm in bands with they're all so lovely but occasionally there has been times where I've just sat and been like I'm the only one here, mm. I am actually on my own, mm. and nobody's meaning to be mean or mm. harsh or anything, but... It's just a matter of fact. Luckily, I'm in bands with amazing people, I run my company with an amazing guy, but when you do have that moment, and then when you call it out, they're like, oh, of course you bring that up. You're like, oh my god, like, you have to get over it, why have you got a chip on your shoulder? Oh, the chip on the shoulder, I'm like, I've got a whole pack of chips on my shoulder. It's not a chip, honey, <laughs> so don't get it twisted. Mate, I'm vegan, all I eat are chips. Yeah. <laughs> I've got chip everywhere. <laughs> Try being vegan in a restaurant and ordering anything apart from chips. Chip, exactly. <laughs> 
that's the thing, isn't it? People are so used to assuming this is the standard. I, I asked someone to write me something for my theatre company the other day, and it was absolutely fantastic what he wrote. And I sat there with it, going, this is going to be great. And then I realised, just because, for him, it seemed the obvious thing to do, he had no bad intentions, mm. the protagonist was male mm. in every single, single story that he wrote, three of them. The female characters were just there to serve the male storyline. I was like, how can we fit some Bane characters in here mm. as well? He's like, I guess, like, the shopkeeper oh. could be... <gasps> I'm melting into the chair. <laughs> Do you know what? My girlfriend's really good at this. She will literally go into an audition and she'll be like, sorry, why can't this character be a woman? And they'll be like, oh, yeah, it's just, it's just a man. I'll be like, well, I, I think I'd be really good at this, this character. Mm. Can I? And if they're dicks about it, then she's like, well, I don't want to work with them yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. But I saw a breakdown the other day about a female deaf dancer. Now, we have a friend who was on last season called Libby who is a female deaf dancer. Mm. They did not write on that breakdown at any point that they would specifically like to see actors who, who were, were deaf or partially deaf. Their thing was like, you don't have to be great at dancing and you don't have to be great at BSL. And they didn't even mention whether or not you had to be deaf. So we know that they're not, not even, even looking good... for a deaf dancer. Why would you, you just use the resources that you can easily get? Then you don't have to create this deaf dancer. You already have one. Well, it's tokenism, isn't it? It's yeah. like, I'm going to tell this story because I'm so amazing. I'm mm. going to tell the story of a deaf dancer and I'm going to really make people empathize with the deaf dancer and oh my god i'm amazing because mm. i'm telling the story and libby's there like mm. bitch please yeah it's not even telling it right as well that's when you make mistakes when you don't get the full facts and you could just use someone and then they can tell you this is how it is or this is what you shouldn't be doing or what you should be doing and then you don't have to go and make apologies on twitter later on anyway well that's why it starts with education mm. and then it progresses to having diverse people in charge yeah. of these companies and institutions and not just it... sitting there as a voice on the thing they can actually be heads of it as well like yeah. the women can be heads of it they don't have to be always the guys and be like well there's a woman here so let's hear what she has to say this is why i think people like uh, reese witherspoon have just started their own company mm. Let's just do it ourselves, guys. That's good, though. A bit like Joel. And it doesn't always take as much as you think. I mean, it does to start. Yeah, so but it's like... You. But actually, it was it was the people that did it. It was like I started doing it by myself, and then it was all the members and stuff. And then I got instructors. Some of them didn't actually come in with the same idea as what I think about, like, dance and fitness. Because in the industry, it's the same as well. In the dance industry, it's the same. Because, for instance, you've got the Lion King in the West End, yeah? That's, like, one of them. And then you've got... Motown and then you've got Dreamgirls but then you're like have you seen the rest of every single show <laughs> but yeah you've got Motown and Dreamgirls and I couldn't audition for Lion King actually that's not true whereas we can't go and audition for My Fair Lady and get the role because they're just not going to give it to us the dance industry even if a, a casting says Aladdin they wanted people who were of Persian looks and stuff this is what they say when I went to see that audition it was blonde white girls that actually got the jobs and I have a friend who actually teaches for us as well. She's one of our instructors, CJ. And she literally looks like Princess Jasmine, yeah? And she's amazing. She's done my son anyway. And she was like, I'm so shocked that I'm getting cut and I'm seeing girls. They look like they're from Milton Keynes and I'm not actually even getting a chance in. And they're like, yeah, they're cutting her because they'll just bronze her. They're like, it's not really blackface or anything because, you know, they're not black people. But it's the same thing. It's yellow face. Yeah, it's the same thing. Like, have you, my big thing is every year, panto season, yeah. there's always a white guy playing Aladdin who they don't normally bother to 
do anything, do anything with Aladdin. Yeah. He's always white, and so is Jasmine. But the genie, oh my god, I've got a friend who was the genie, and he was sharing Instagram posts, and he had done his eyes like. You know, that typical yeah. racist slit eyes. Yeah. He was bright orange. And also, my other friend said that they'd done Aladdin, one of these touring ones. At one point, they do, like, a ghost scene where it's like, it's behind you. Mm. The ghost was, like, a yellow cloth with slits cut in it. <gasps> was oh that an accident? No. No. It just seems to be the one time it's, like, yeah, I feel, I feel like, okay. I feel like Panto is kind of like, is it in Amsterdam when they do that festival where they do the Gollywood stuff and they put the black face on in their hair. It's like, just that one time it's okay. And he but, was called like Black Pete. Yeah, he's called Black Pete. Oh my God, I die. I was like, how could you, how could you go around a tan with everyone with these things on, black face, red nose and thing, and be like, it's Black Pete. It's insane. And they're like, yeah, but it's not offensive. But that's the thing. When things like that have been going on for so long, how dare you stop me yeah. from putting boot polish on my face? I, I, it's my face. Why is everyone so offended by it? I'm not being racist. And you're like, but it is. I think people don't understand that like being actively racist and having racist undertones are different things. You don't go out there and say, mm, fuck you, fuck this, fuck you. I like you, but you go back where you came from. You're not doing that, but you're doing things that aren't helping that. So you're letting your uncle say stuff and you're like, oh, hey, my uncle said. My worst thing is when I went to my friend's house a long, long time ago and I was like, I don't think we could be friends anymore. He was like, oh, don't worry. My uncle's going to say some things about gay people and probably about black people, but don't worry. He's really nice, really. Here's the thing, we make excuses for it. Yeah. We never make excuses as to why the people being attacked can be angry. Yeah. If you went to your friend's house and you got mad, 100% you're the one who's going to be told that Can't, you should have quieted yeah, down, yeah. not the other way around. The word black is kind of like a bad word, which I feel bad in a sense for white people. They are scared almost to say black because they feel like it's going to offend you, which I find very weird. I say, do you get offended when I call you a white person? And they're like, no. And I'm like, so why do you think anyone's going to get offended if you well, call... Well, we get offended on behalf of people, don't we? It's yeah. like, well, we've got to stop Christmas because the Muslims are upset and Muslim people are there like, what? No, we don't. It's like, we can't call them black. My friend, you know, he's over there, he's wearing... He's um... wearing a green top. Oh, you mean the black guy? Oh, oh my God, yeah. Oh my God, Holly did this on stage with me once. <laughs> I used to be in a... Did I? We used to be in an improv group, which Holly's still in and are doing fantastically well. And I left because I just was a, I was a menace on stage. Um, and one time, well, our friend was off stage and Holly's character was going to me like, what did you see him? What did he look like? And I was going, he's, um, uh, well, he's, he's quite, um, he's, he's she's going, is he black? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that, but that's exactly what I would just be like, what the black one? <laughs> He's not black, is he? Like, <laughs> the whole audience was just laughing. Because that's the reality. I find it really weird. I'm always like, that's what we call each other as well. We call each other black people. We don't mind if you call us that as well. It's not another word for us. We're not like <laughs> some sort of creature or something. You can just say it. Like it, it comes from this weirdness that as white people, we are the canvas. Yes. And everybody else is painted yes, on. Yes, so yes, yes, yes. We're the normal, we're the standard, yeah. and everybody else is other, which is not true. Mm. And then the second one of being like, can I call you black? Yeah. It comes from because <laughs> we all know not to say the N-word. Yeah, and we all know yeah. not to say coloured. It comes from this weird thing of like, is acknowledging that somebody is different to us. Yeah. Insulting. It's, it's true. They don't want to say anything. So they're like, you know, he's he plays for your team. And you're like, what team's that? I don't actually play sports. <laughs> I've got a gay friend called mm. Patricia. You might know her. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't dated every We day. go to the same meetings. <laughs> the worst one is when you're like, yeah. 
I do actually know them. <laughs> it's like six degrees of separation. Yeah, can't believe I haven't met you in a gay bar, mate. I know. I bet you there's some way, there's some sort of connection somewhere. Actually, can I just ask one question related to that? Yeah. So, um, I love your whole thing about inclusiveness and that it should be for white people, skinny people, not skinny people, black people, gay people, trans mm. people. Um, I think in particular at the moment, queer bodies are mm. really under attack. If there were any listeners, and mm. there may well be in the LGBT community who maybe are gender non-conforming or get nervous, because I guess a lot of sports gear can be quite yeah. revealing. Um, what would you say to them if they were like, really want to go and just dance to this fitness thing but i'm just scared that oh my god they should so just come we already have trans people coming like to our classes i spoke to some instructors they were like oh we had one amazing transgender woman she was so nice and she was filming the videos for everyone and it was really cool and then i was like this is so amazing this is exactly what i wanted i wanted people to look at us as a place that they can go to because i know full well the place that i worked for before she would not have been accepted in that place. Like, I would have actually been annoyed had she come to that class, even if it was my class when I was working there, because the undertones of the CEO and founder is still in all the other women. where you used to work now. You know where I used to work, right? Because I said it like that, right? Stop the podcast! It's time for a snazzy ad break. Today's episode of Diversify Podcast is sponsored by Lilica's Treats. Now, I was one of the first people to commission Elika to make me a cake back in 2015. She drove all the way down to East Sussex and she made my mum a gorgeous wedding cake. You can find her at Greenwich Market, where she's been every weekend for the past five years. But she's also got a few other gigs going on this summer as well. She'll be at various wedding fairs and she'll be doing an old street station pop-up. So watch out for them. In the meantime, you can order your macaroons and cheesecakes online at her website, which is www.lilicastreats.com. Oh, and they do vegan macaroons as well, which Holly is going to love. You were saying that the classes that you wanted to do yeah. weren't just going to be, as you would say, boring as spin and box mm. fit and whatever. I've had a look at the list of classes yeah. and one of them in particular fascinates me. Can you go through what okay. the list of classes right, that um, you do? So we have strut beat, which is like diva, but diva, I'm that bitch. That's the <laughs> attitude, yeah. It's like this is your time to take out what you already have inside of you and stop wearing it and the outside now. Then we have video beat, which is like music video style. So you think of your dance breaks from Britney Spears videos. I wanna do that one. Yeah, see? And then, then we have urban beat, which is more your hip hop styles, Missy Elliott, Drake, Usher, all of that, more Oof. grooves and stuff, that's that style. I do not have the hips for that. Well, then the next one is bashment beat, which is dancehall music, Sean Paul, reggae styles. And there's and dancehall has gotten very big now. So there's lots of moves and stuff and there's a big culture around it. So we have an instructor called Jess and she's the best. She tells you about what you're learning as well. She doesn't just say this leg. She says this move is called and it's from this reason because in Jamaica they had a lot of problems with guns and so their move is like a, a gun move to say get rid of guns. And she'll teach you everything so then you're not wow. just doing moves. So then you start, I mean, she's, she can just start screaming out the, the words and you can just do it. And then you feel like you are your own dancer now. You're not like, oh, what do we do? And you're educated. And you're educated, yeah. It's like white people in the West. Yeah, yeah. It's like, this is my favourite curry. You don't know anything about that yeah. curry. Oh, this is my favourite dance move. Yeah. You don't know anything about that. And you're walking around with a fucking bindi on your yeah. head. You ain't never been to India. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's much if better. You can come to this place where it's like, oh, this used to mean this, this, this is that. Yeah, they love it. And so then people really eat that class up. They love it. Then we have lyrical beat, which is very much more like 
contemporary styles. I bet Kate would kill that. Yeah. Oh, oh, it's like the Kate Bush feelings. Oh my God, yeah, yes, see? I would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everybody go and have a look at Kate's headshot on Showreel and tell me that you don't think that's her. <laughs> well, there is because I played Kathy in a play oh, once. Oh, see? And then we have fitness classes, dance fitness classes. So we have one called Peaches and Scream, which is basically your butt and your abs. You're not just going to be doing crunches. You're going to be doing twerking and stuff. So it's a lot of dance elements involved. Then we have Barbie bar classes, but to like hip hop and stuff. Oh, beat. I thought you said Barbie. I thought you Barbie. Barbie. I know it's the way I was because I'm like Barbie. And then it's... we've got Ken. Then we've got Ken. <laughs> yeah. Instead of doing and all that stuff, you're actually doing Cardi B, you know, twerk, 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 and then going into the bar moves as well. So you keep the elements of what you have from bar, but you mix it up because I would never go to a bar class. And loads of the girls that would come to our classes would never go to a bar class because it's intimidating for them because they're like, I'm not long, thin, slender woman with a Nike outfit on hair and a really tight brown pony. So like that class is for them people. And then we have box beat, but again, with elements of dance into it and all the boxing and kicks and stuff that you would have in a normal... Um, I think I'd like that. Yeah, that one's really good. Viv is one of our instructors who teach that. She's full out. And that one is really good for getting NGL. So there's so much variety. What was the one you wanted to Well, see? I thought that was one about... There was something that said heels. Heels fundamentals as well. It's like basically teaching you how to dance in heels, but it's so good it teaches you the exact moves that you need. Holly, that's what we need to do. Yeah. Do you know, I'm actually really good at walking in heels. <laughs> do you get, like, drag queens? It's funny, actually. We get a lot of boys that do drag, and we did a special teens talks day. All three classes, since now I've become a Nike trainer, I can have more facility to help younger people. Everything that I want to do for, it'll be for adults, I want to now do it for the kids, so then they don't have to go to the empowerment talks later on to help themselves, they can learn to help themselves anyway. We had this one kid and we asked him at the end of the classes after they were there for five hours, dancing constantly and really understanding about why we support each other because those extra steps create bonds that you need now as support network because when you get to 18 and 19 and 20, social media and all those other things and, and life in general are gonna do this with all your bonds and you need to have many gluey, sticky ones as you possibly can so then it doesn't break away. And so this kid, he was like to me, I think he was like 13 or something. And he was like, I love doing drag and I love makeup. I feel it's good for me to express myself. And now it's good here because you incorporate dance as well. And you allow us to just express ourselves and be free. And I was like, see, this is why it's important to know. Because now I know that you love that. You're here in this space with all these kids. It's great, you know? You just broke me. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally about to burst into tears. But it was, it was really amazing. And so for me, I was like... This kid here, this is why we have to do things like this because having a bunch of women walking around saying female empowerment, but it's very specific white middle class woman female empowerment. And then you've got this on the other side. All these kids, I don't want them to be like me. I want them to be themselves. So we have to find ways to help them build spaces where they can be themselves. There's no need for them to be like carbon copies of everyone. They're individual and they like them for that individuality. So yeah, I just think that's the most important thing. I think at school, those are the pivotal years mm. where people put you in a box. Yeah, the boxes. And you go, okay, either I like this box and I feel safe in this box and therefore I'm going to do all the things I'm supposed to do inside my box. Or you go, I don't think I fit in the box that I'm in and I feel really uncomfortable. Imagine if you are brought up in a society where you don't have to smash out of mm. the box and you just glide around. Yeah, until you're happy. People do do that where they think that you're going to be looked down upon for doing certain things. Yeah, or you're scared to be a stereotype or you're scared to not be a stereotype. Yeah. 
you. Type. That's why I love doing the stuff with the kids to make sure that I can try at least to open their eyes more. I have a very honest approach to them. Yeah, the two girls came to the class. They were about 15, I think, and they were very privileged girls, yeah. So it wasn't really open for everyone who's got stuff anyway. It was a free day for underprivileged kids more so than anyone else. They came and they stayed for like half an hour of a five hour day. And then I went to them and I was like, oh, what's the problem? And then it was like the spirit of her mother talking. She was like, yeah, you know, it's just all these types of people, it's just not my cup of tea. First, I thought, well, who says it's just not my cup of tea? And they're like 15. Like, that's such a mum thing to say. And then the other girl was looking down, unbothered, just mm, whatever. And then I said, well, what was the problem? And then the girl was like, well, I don't even like dance. My mum forced me to come here because she said I need to do things more because I'm too bratty and I don't do anything. And I was like to both of them, you have taken the space of someone who doesn't have the luxuries of you, like all them kids in there who don't have anything. And their mums were waiting there with buggies still, staying there all day for five hours waiting for their kids. You can just swan in here and then swan out. And I was like, you don't know any better because you're children, but I want you to take a message back to your parents and say, if they want you to be involved in things with the community, then make sure that you get involved properly. Don't just come in, judge and then leave because when you get older, that character is gonna be someone that you're gonna eventually not like. And they looked so like, oh my God, I've been spoken to, like an adult. I was like, it's fine, but I just want you to know you're gonna get to that age really quickly where this way of life, it's not gonna work forever. And one of the girls was a mixed race girl. And I was like, it's gonna be a lot harder for you because it doesn't matter how privileged you are, at the end of the day, people see you just as a black person first. So if you're privileged and you've got a privileged lifestyle at home on the street you haven't, you're always still gonna be a brown person doesn't make a difference. So you have to understand those other brown people in there are not your enemies or, or lesser than you. They're the same as you. And it was really, really good because I felt like, I'm so glad I said that to them. And I was like, Ugh, I can't wait to do more of this. I think you obviously, your priority needs to be the people who don't get the opportunities. But you also, like you were I, saying, yeah. you need to get everybody. Everyone, yeah. Because you need to teach those kids yeah. a lesson. Yeah, yeah. So there was other kids like them who come as well, but they were engaging in it. I want everyone to come, but if you come, be present. Like, don't squander something because you get it all the time. Think about your peers and the people around you. You don't know these kids, but you could. They could become really good friends. You, you could end up doing something amazing and you'll never know because they just weren't your cups of tea. It's so hard to be present, isn't it? Yeah. To learn to be present and to learn to open yourself up to whoever is mm. around you is it's a huge skill. It's really hard, but I think the more talking and the more conversations that we do, because the conversation part of the, the whole day was for me the best bit. This is why I love working with Nike. They want to actually push what I want to do. Nike's doing amazing stuff at the moment, capping it. Mm. Is it Serena Williams? Yeah, yeah. Their campaign that they did recently with all the girls, they're doing a lot of like, <laughs> yes we can approach to stuff. Mm. Mm. It's a capitalism with a heart. Yeah, at the end of the day, you've got to make money, but there can be a way to make money. In the world we live in as well, if you think of LGBT rights, a lot of them were when they went, oh, yeah, they've LGBT got money. people have money. Oh. oh, we really shouldn't be chucking them out of our Parts restaurants and stuff. And stuff. No. Oh, women go and see films. Oh, oh we should yeah. do films. They also buy things. Yeah. Women usually buy the car. <gasps> We've been doing all our car adverts to make men want to buy them. And it's the ladies' choice. Yeah, it's so wow. interesting. And that's when you can also see, no, this company's just sexist because they're actively going against what would what, earn yeah, money, which yeah, is yeah. what Hollywood has been doing yeah. for decades. Yeah. <laughs> so we ask a few questions. Okay, so yeah. the first question we ask everyone, what's your favourite Disney movie? 
that for the question I'm going to give you the answer, it's going to seem like I'm so not kind of forever. But it's The Lion King. It's a great yeah, movie. I mean, to be fair, so we read into what the Disney movies ah. mean about them, and it's normally things like daddy issues, yeah. oppression. <laughs> Yours is yeah. representation yeah. of African culture. Yeah, that's why I like it. The real reason why is because. I didn't have anything when I was growing up, and so I actually stole this Disney book of songs of The Lion King from Woolworths, and it had a tape in there, and I, we didn't have a tape player, so I just used to sing the songs from the book and not know what they even sounded like, really, until I'd seen The Lion King. I got obsessed with it, and I just used to put it under my pillow, like, nobody can take this book, that's but yeah, fantastic. that's mine. I finally found a positive one. finally found a positive one. When, mm -hmm. if ever, do you turn off your activism? No, it's just no, it's mm, no. no, like I think if you switch it off, I feel like you would never switch on in the first place. What a byline! <laughs> if you switch it off, you would never switch on in the first place. Yeah, I just don't, I'm just gonna always be about it, like because it's actually enriched my life. I was the same as everyone else and ignorant and oblivious to things because I grew up in a really white area as well, Bermondsey, so it was the NF headquarters around there as well. So they were running through the streets, hating everyone. And the more I started, I grew up there, the more I noticed that the people in the area started hating the racist people. And that's when I started seeing things like, oh, so everybody isn't a racist because I started seeing people not enjoying the way others were feeling. Yeah, so I'm not gonna switch off now. Now it's on, it's just on. And I've just seen too many people getting away with stuff it grates on me. It's so toxic and it just needs to stop. And so if I create the antidote, they can toxify as many people as they want. There's still going to be someone there that's going to give them a bit of antidote to fix it up anyway. So I'm just not bothered about them no more. I used to be so bothered about people. But I'm like, actually, you're the poison and I'm the antidote. I need you. You're spreading the love, not yeah, the hate. Yeah, yeah. I'm never going to switch it off. Like, <laughs> it's on now. We always end with a little bit of sunshine because yeah. we talk about really intense stuff. We like to end with a happy note. but. It feels like what you're trying to do and what we're trying to do and yeah. what everybody in this room is trying to do is just like, be the antidote. Mm. Don't be the poison, be the antidote. Plugs, 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 plugs. Are you on Instagram and Twitter? Yeah. Well, we have two Instagrams because we have an American one as well. At your beat studios and then at your beat studio underscore NY. And then at your beat studio on Twitter and at your beat on Facebook. Type in AYB fam in Facebook and we've got like a... F is that like the hashtag? Yeah, it's a hashtag. It's hashtag AYB fam. And members have created a Facebook page where they all just communicate with each other and plan events and things like that together. I'm on Instagram as well, at Joelle DeFontaine. J-O-E-L-L-E-D-F. And then I'll show up. Because <laughs> basically, so my Instagram is quite weird sometimes because I just like do weird videos of me just running around and being annoying and annoying my friends and things because I'm just about that life. We are on Twitter at DiversifyPod. We also have the hashtag DiversifyPod. I'm on Twitter and Instagram as Kate Lois Elliot. Two L's, two T's. Yes. For Elliot, not Lois. Lois with <laughs> a silent T. And Holly is on Twitter at our team Q, our as in ours, as in team, as in support the seagulls. You're a dick. And Q as in why would anyone support the seagulls? Thank you for <laughs> listening to Diversify. Hit us up, send us some love, tell all your friends, give us five star ratings, tell your mum, tell your racist Uncle Michael. Widen the diversity circle of love. If you haven't enjoyed this episode, then remember we have been Fox News. <laughs>
Yeah, I, I nearly cried again. <laughs> I love watching her when she's trying not to cry. 